Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Live from Liverpool, the dark paranormal, season 12. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Dark Paranormal Season 12, Episode 5. We're already at the midpoint of Season 12, which has flown by. And it also means we're already looking forward towards Season 13. So we need you to keep sending in your true paranormal experiences. We receive hundreds of experiences every month. But there is a strict criteria that we need to meet in order to have someone's experience on the dark paranormal. And also for season 13, there will be a bit more competition for those select spaces. As after listening to your feedback, season 13 will feature a good few episodes of the more famous paranormal cases that we've not yet covered. So if you have a favourite famous paranormal case that you'd like to receive the Dark Paranormal treatment, you can email us at contact at thedarkparanormal.com or visit the website thedarkparanormal.com and click the Contact Us link. Now, before we move on with today's episode, I'd just like to make a quick announcement, which is, for the next three episodes, we won't be thanking our Patreons. And not because we've fallen out, simply because I won't be here. But don't worry, the show will be. We're going on a little holiday, we've pre-recorded the episodes between 6, 7 and 8, and so we'll be saying thank you to those Patreons who sign up between now and then in Episodes 9 and, of course, our Season 12 finale. When you sign up to Patreon, not only will you receive these episodes both ad-free and before everyone else, but you can also receive exclusive access to the Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. 
Dog Bite is a podcast where we take a look at some of the experiences that were a bit too short for the dark paranormal. But believe me, that doesn't make them any less terrifying. It also releases each and every Sunday without fail 52 weeks a year, even on the downtime between seasons, meaning you never miss your paranormal fix. We've built our wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal, just like these wonderful new team members have. Bree Waters, Siobhan, Melissa Leavitt, Jules L, Jade Pereira, Heather Mullicky, Madison Person, Kyla Clunder, Alfonso Medina, Desiree M, Nicole Sondals, Olivia Crawford, Jesse Featherstone, Ren Silver, Maggie Anderson, Samuel Cottrell, JJ907, Ryan, Kathy Rose, Shannon Whitney, Tamara Estrada, Megan Nate, Young Cass, Heather Anderson, Claire Bancroft, Christy and Sandra D, Megan Fee, Hannah McKay, Steve Silver, Thomas Garcia, Augustus Peter, Jessica Mersmith, Samantha Callow, Lena G, Jenna Rene, Holly Sullivan, Molly Bradshaw, Anthony Barra, Sandra Lamelli, Amy Leather, Louise Walker, Rebecca Pickard, Tony Genitolo, Dark Honey 11, Jamie Parente, Sarah Mervyn, Laura Walls, Josu Mercado Guerrero, Adonai Torres, Natalie Herrera, Trish Bleach, Lee Radford, and Dialogued Abuel. Thank you so much, guys, and welcome to this wonderful community. If you'd like to join them and get these episodes ad-free before everyone else, be the first to hear season debuts and finales, and of course, get access to the Dark Bites podcast, simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But don't forget, we won't be saying thank yous until episode 9 and the season finale. But right now, it's time to lower those lights. Make yourself comfortable, and of course, leave your disbelief at the door. As we hear all about the wrathful wraith. Hi there, my name's Devon, and let's just jump in straight away and say... I talk to ghosts. Overall, it's not been a bad experience. My only bad experience with my sixth sense would be this story. That, in all honesty, I'm quite worried about writing. Only because the more I think about him, the more he comes around. About six years ago, I was dating a boy of Cherokee heritage. I would say man, but that's just not the case. Let's call him Ben. Anyway, Ben grew up on Cherokee land with his family. But he came to my small town in high school to live with his grandma, which is where we met. We started dating when his best friend became my roommate, and so Ben would come around quite a lot. We were both 21, and like most 21-year-olds, we had no real direction in life. I knew I had a connection of sorts with the supernatural. Just because of little hints, things about my sixth sense that I could notice here and there, specific dreams or nightmares, but I didn't know at the time what to do with it. Ben also had a connection to the supernatural because his family was Cherokee and he told me they had their own ties with the paranormal. As, on occasion, we both experienced paranormal happenings, it wasn't that big of a deal as you'd think when, one day, he announced to me that he had a shadow man that followed him. 
I actually thought it was kind of cool to be close to someone that had such a tight knot with the other side, like I thought I did. Those thoughts about the coolness of the situation, indeed of this shadow man himself, would soon change. Before I get into what happened, I think it would be best to give some backstory of Ben that I had to dig out. When Ben was little, about eight, and living with his family, his mum, sisters and he were all out driving. Suddenly, his mum had what I can only describe as a small and short seizure. She started shaking randomly in the passenger seat, then stopped suddenly. Ben described her as looking confused for a moment, but then her face changed. She became urgent, angry. She whipped her head around, looked at Ben in the back seat, and stared at him. Ben whispered, Mom? And she just stared back, breathing deeply, until she screamed. When Ben told me this, I was young and, in my mind, invincible. I really didn't take anything seriously, so I started laughing. Of course, he was offended, and I quickly apologised, and urged him to tell me the rest of the story. It turns out the story was almost finished, as the ending was short and abrupt. But it will always be burned into my mind. He turned to me very seriously and said, All she said was, Be careful. All the levity now seriously gone from the conversation, I had so many questions to throw at him. But Ben clearly didn't want to talk anymore, so I let it go. When Ben moved to his grandma's house, his shadow man followed him too. Their stairs did the half-up, half-down thing, so the first flight was up staring at a window, and the second flight you turn and you walk up to be staring at the closet on the second level. If you were stood at the top of the stairs, then the bathroom would be to your immediate left. In front of you is the closet door where the laundry is, and to the left of you is Ben's room. The top right of the closet is the office room. And the office room door is usually open. Yeah, I know, explaining layouts and experiences, but hopefully it helps some of you picture the scenario. You see, Ben would talk about seeing his shadow man standing at the window that was visible through the office door, or how he would turn over in his sleep and his shadow man would be leaning directly over his face. Sometimes Ben would even catch glimpses of the shadow man from outside the house. He'd be walking up the drive of an evening, other things on his mind, and nonchalantly glance up at the office window, and his human-shaped void would be looking back down at him. In hindsight, now aware of the signals I received from my sixth sense, my insides were one giant alarm bell when Ben first told me about the shadow person. 
I just didn't realise at the time. A few months go by after Ben telling me about the Shadow Man, with no encounters taking place. I was living with my dad, and Ben was still at his grandparents'. We were at his house packing and cleaning his stuff together because we were planning on moving in together, just down the street from his house. Ben was in the bathroom and I was in his room. Both doors were open so we could speak. I was in the closet just behind the open bedroom door and I heard the squeaking of the door closing. I stopped and watched this door fully shut. I watched and I heard the latch of the doorknob sliding into the frame. I was slightly frightened, but mostly confused, because this door you had to push shut. But my mind rationalised it. Maybe a breeze or something, right? Though there was no breeze. I opened the door and went back to my business. Not a moment went by and it was starting to close again. This time, I grabbed it, and I said, Hey, Ben, your door keeps closing. He slowly turned to me and said, Oh, there's a rock behind the door. Use that to keep it open, and it won't close again. Having seen the door numerous times myself, and never seeing it do this, I thought this was the weirdest thing to say, to not even acknowledge it, but something in me told me not to press Ben. So I just shook my head and moved the rock in front of the wide-open bedroom door. Later that day, we were both downstairs making some food, when Ben said he was going to run to the shop and get some smokes. Now, I didn't want him to go, because firstly, we didn't have a car, but also, it was a 45-minute trek down the mountain to the store. But at the same time, I didn't want to seem like I was scared, so I said, OK, hurry up, though. Before he left, he said, Do you need anything from upstairs? I said, um, no. He then said, Good, don't go up there. He's mad. I just stared at him for a good two minutes, then mumbled, OK, and Ben left, leaving me alone in that house with his apparently angry shadow man. I cannot stress this enough when I say I was young and dumb. I would not be taking the same steps now if I knew what I know now. That being said, I did what I did best at the time and deflected every instinct in my body. We were making dinner before Ben left, so I continued to do so. The kitchen was pretty basic, but it had a cool little island with bar stools around. I was kneeling down in the pantry when I heard the squeak of one of the stools in the corner turn outwards, like someone was turning it to sit in. Naturally, I turned to investigate, and I notice a stool has indeed been turned out. So what do I do? I sit in it. Yep, 
Jungen Dom. Then I proceed to take my phone out. I go to Snapchat and I use that dog filter. I saw this one video of a guy using the dog filter and one goes on your face and it's possible that the filter will pick up another face without any face being there. It's super scary and super fun. Anyways, I use the dog filter and my face gets the filter. And I'm walking around with my face in the corner, pretending I'm just naturally leaving the whole screen to pick up something. Essentially, I was trying to be smarter than this shadow thing, but I never found another dog face. Instead, my phone turned itself off. A complete battery drain. Despite it being around 70% charged. Weird, right? Well, not as weird as the feeling of anger that passed through me at that very moment. Like I was cold liquid and someone had put their hot hand in my stomach. And also not as weird as the small, quiet footsteps which I heard in the office room above my head. You see, the funny thing about my phone shutting off is there was no more music, so I could hear these things. Ben finally came home, and nothing else happened. I didn't talk to him about what happened to me until we left the house, until I was safely in my room at my dad's. Ben didn't even seem phased. In fact, if anything, he was mad at me for provoking him. Which I actually get now. But at the time, I was mad he wasn't holding me tight and telling me everything would be okay. About a week later, we're back at his house. And I was walking up the stairs because I was going to finish packing the bathroom. And as I turned to walk up the second flight, I felt a red-hot burning at the very top of my head. I didn't know what was happening, until I realised that the burning was slowly going down my face, onto my shoulders, my chest. With each step I took, the burning sensation continued down my body. About halfway up the steps, I realised what was happening. Ben's shadow man was in the office, and he was staring at me, watching me as I walked up the stairs. Every single part of my body told me not to look up, to move as fast as possible away from this thing I didn't look, and I took a left into the bathroom, locked the door, and started crying. Nothing happened, but I could feel him on the other side of the door, waiting for me to leave. Me, being the stubborn person I am, decided I'd sit in the bathroom. I'd wait it out. I'd finish packing the bathroom whilst I was in there, like nothing was happening, I walked right out with my head high and stared right back into that office room. Looking back at it now, I realise I procrastinated leaving because I was terrified. 
but I wouldn't admit that to myself. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We left shortly after, and I told Ben again. This time he said he was sorry that it happened, and he hugged me. But it was much clearer than last time that this thing was angry at me. That night, I had a terrible sleep. Thankfully, it was a weekend, so we could sleep in for a little bit. And then when I did wake up, I happily rolled over and kissed Ben awake. He seemed groggy, so I asked how he slept. He replied, It was bad. He was staring at me. He muttered, At first, I just rubbed his shoulder, trying to comfort him, because I knew from the other tales he'd told me that this wasn't the first time this had happened. He would describe this shadow man kneeling down beside our bed, just staring at him. But then it hit me. I was on the outside of the bed, not him. Ben was against the wall. So how could this shadow man be staring at him? When I asked him, he told me he was standing over me, like a bent-over shadow, so he could stare at Ben. My blood instantly went cold. I didn't know what to say or what to feel. My thoughts were racing. The thought of this thing being so close to me terrified me. Little did I know, he would get so much closer to me as time passed. We moved on from that morning like nothing happened, even though it was still deep in my head. Fortunately, the previous day was the last time I had to be at Ben's house for packing, so we didn't go there for a while. But Ben and I were living together now. We had a glass shower door, of course, and I would either feel someone looking at me or glaring at me, or I would see things in the steam, sometimes both. But what could you do? At the time, I had no idea how to protect myself. One night, one of my girlfriends was sleeping over, and she took the couch because Ben was there. 
She told me the next morning that she couldn't be sure, but she thinks she saw the shadow man. Stood right outside our bedroom door, just staring at her. Well, I felt grateful at this information because I knew I wasn't crazy. But I also felt completely terrified. Ben would say he would constantly hear his name from the closet that was across from our bed. Now, I never heard this, and I was glad not to. Until one night, something changed. And the shadow man started taunting me. Whispering my name, or waiting till I was in the bedroom and then it would open the closet door. We ended up putting a lock on that closet door, but it only helped for so long. Our relationship was starting to get rocky. Just two young and dumb people trying to figure out life and what we want. So he moved back to his grandparents' house, and I stayed in our house up the street. One night, we were at his grandparents' house, and we were once again arguing. I have no idea what about, but I do remember Ben being very angry over something very small. And the angrier he got, the more the lights would flicker. The one above us at first. I barely even noticed. But then the one outside that I could see through the glass panel on the door, that began flickering. And then it dawned on me, every light I could see was acting the same way. This happened every time Ben would speak, and he was fuming at this point. I was confused, and I was starting to get scared. I asked, what's happening? Why are you so mad? And why are the lights doing that? He simply replied, They're doing that because I'm mad. It took a moment for me to process what he just said because I was curious and because I was scared. I started to agree with him, nodding and hurriedly attempting to end the conversation. You know what happened? The lights went back to normal. Slowly but surely. One night, Ben and I were sleeping at my house. Still our house, really. And I had a terrible dream. This would be the night that changed my whole life. Nothing crazy happened that night. Just a normal watch-a-movie-and-pass-out-together kind of night. I've always had wild dreams, and some I'm sure are true, because I can feel it in my core. Well, this was one of those. I was sitting in my childhood house living room, but everything was dark, grey and white. It felt cold and lifeless. I didn't have control. I was only feeling confused until I felt something coming to harm me. I couldn't see anyone, but I could definitely feel something. I could feel that it wanted to harm me, but not physically. It wanted to cause my soul some kind of distress. It all happened so quickly, from being confused to understanding what this thing wanted, to just standing there, unable to move, 
before I knew it, I was being tossed around like a ragdoll. You know that scene in The Exorcist when she gets tossed off the walls and ceiling by the demon? Well, it was just like that. I could feel the impact of each wall. I remember the feeling of the window ledge hitting my hip. Finally, this thing put me down, and he started gloating, almost laughing. It didn't sound like laughter, though. It almost sounded like laughter, when you feel happy and you can feel that bubble of glee in your throat, right before you burst into laughter. He started to gain a shape in the living room, and my whole body screamed at me to run. So I started to run. Out of the double door behind me that led to the dining room and back around to the kitchen. Down the hall and up the stairs. At least that was my plan. But I didn't make it that far. He grabbed at my leg, just as I put a foot on the first step. He was gaining strength, sucking up all my strength. I somehow managed to kick him off and bolted upstairs. I ran into what was my room, but now it was just empty and dark. And then in he came. Somehow slow and fast at the same time. Slow because I couldn't see his shadow body move. But fast because the moment I turned around, I watched his shadow face become humanoid. I will never forget what he looked like. This is the hardest part of the story for me. His once all-black, kind of sunken-eyed face became a long white and black face with endless empty eyes. His face was all white, but not pure white, like a dusty-at-the-corners foggy white. It looked like his entire face was cracked with a black layer underneath. The kind of black where you're not sure where it ends, and his eyes were similar to that black. I genuinely believe that this thing chose this face because it was something I would connect with, with the human-like features. I could tell it didn't want me to see its real face. Or maybe I couldn't see his real face because it's not something a living person should see. Just like his empty, bottomless dark eyes and his wicked grin, this was all fake. I was alive, and this was a dream, my dream. As he got closer, his grin grew bigger. At this point, he was just inches away and coming closer and closer, like he wanted to look inside my soul. But at that moment... I decided to take my power back. I decided to wake myself up, remember who I am, remember I'm alive and he is not. I have the power. I shouted with all of my will, I am alive. I have this power, not you. I can't tell you which part was scarier, trying to fight in a dreamlike state or gaining power within this dream and watching this thing's smile drop. The anger bursting from inside him while he was only inches away from my face still terrifies me to this day. Standing there with all my might and will, doing my best to stand my ground, 
he finally backed off. He never turned around. Instead, he walked backwards. Well, actually, his feet didn't move. It was more of a glide. And even as he turned the corner, he never once took his eyes off me. I woke up just in time to hear and see my closet door slam. I lay awake until morning. I tried to wake Ben, but you know how that goes, trying to wake guys up when they're deeply asleep. When he finally woke up, I couldn't even tell him what happened. I was still processing, not fully believing at first what was real and what wasn't. We were in the bathroom together, doing our morning routine, when Ben said to me, he was whispering your name last night. He even tried to leave the closet to reach you. I thought it was weird. I stared at him in complete shock. I asked what Ben did, because when I woke up, he was asleep. Ben replied, Oh, I just turned back over and went to sleep, because he's weird like that sometimes. Of course, this was the moment I decided to leave this child, because he was in fact a child a 21-year-old child. My soul could have been on the line, and he just turned around and went to sleep. My God. Anyway, I just scoffed and went back to my morning routine, and Ben left shortly after that too. I noticed my hip was aching, which isn't anything new because I do have hip problems at the ripe old age of 21, but something in me told me to look at it in the mirror. So I went back to the bathroom, pulled down my pants a bit, and look at that. A huge, bright purple bruise, right where the window ledge had hit me in my dream. I felt a touch of that glee that he felt in my dream, which scared me more than I'd like to admit. Then I remember something else from that dream too. I was the one with the power. And just like my dream again, I felt that flash of anger. But as it slowly vanished, I felt myself become brighter. A brightness from within that I've carried even to this day. I'm now 26 and I practice protection magic and rituals. And they've helped me in so many ways. I will have to do a lot more healing because I feel I've opened the door for him to come through again. Even though Ben lives far away from me now and we haven't spoken in years, I can still feel this shadow man. When Ben and I finally broke up, I had to do a ritual that separated us completely because his shadow man tried to follow me too. I even had to move houses, because living down the street from him was far too close for comfort. Lots of other darker entities have tried to enter my world, both because of various life experiences and because, I personally feel, this shadow man has left me marked. I will always be doing protection for myself, my family and my house from now on. 
I am very grateful for my sixth sense and being more connected to it now than I ever have been. Thank you so much for reading my story. I hope you or the listeners get something from it. Be smart and safe when it comes to the darkness because it is very, very real. Devon. Wow, thank you so much, Devon, for your true paranormal experience. Now, there's one thing I always say. There are certain words or certain terms of phrase within some of the experiences that we receive that, for me anyway, add an air of authenticity, which I think is hard to fake. For example, within your experience, when you reference your hip being hit against the windowsill. Now, if you're going to invent a story, a paranormal event, someone's hip banging against a windowsill will not be near the top of what you're going to put in it. And believe me, both myself and many other paranormal podcasters have developed our own kind of sixth sense when it comes to weeding out what we think are false stories. A writer of a fictional experience tends to go a bit further than a chair moving in a kitchen or a flickering light bulb. There is a certain qualia that we look for when we read these stories we receive. There is a tone in the email, in how it's been typed, in both what's said and what's unsaid. There could be two versions of the same tale, one person being grabbed seven feet in the air and another person exactly the same. And one story I will 100% believe. The other will be clearly bogus. And on next week's episode, we have a great example of what I mean when I say you can tell by how someone conveys their experience, whether it's genuine or not. But that wraps things up for episode 5, the midpoint of season 12. Until next time, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll speak to you next Friday, here, on The Dark Paranormal. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, 
Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.